You're listening to Making a Druid, a Nancy Drew podcast. Welcome back, my Druids, to Making a Druid, your friendly neighborhood Nancy Drew podcast. And I'm totally not <laughs> saying that because I've seen Spider-Man No Way Home twice in theaters. <gasps> I get too! Welcome to Making a Drood, your friendly local neighborhood Nancy Drew podcast. We are here today to help you through the hiatus blues. Today's episode, we are affectionately titled uh, hi- hashtag hiatus hijinks. because I'm a teacher and we love alliteration so it's good it is hiatus hijinks uh we are up to no good today no I'm just kidding but we are here to have some fun and the new episode of Nancy Drew is next week January 7th on Friday so we're really looking forward to that but in case you're just joining us, maybe you haven't actually listened to our podcast before and this is your first time listening my name is Allie and I am joined by my good friend, Teresa. Hello, everyone. And if you haven't been listening, where have you been? Um, <laughs> go, go back and listen to all three seasons of our content. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of content because some of our episodes are long. <laughs> they are. They are. And it's funny because every every week almost, we'll get people who write to us and they're like, I started listening to your podcast this week. And it's always, it's usually people who have gone back all the way to the beginning and are listening all the way up. And to them, I say, you are a good man, Charlie Brown. Um, Yeah, I salute you. Not all heroes wear capes. Sometimes they just listen to podcasts, okay? Exactly, exactly. But if you are listening for the first time, and even if you're a long, long time listener, uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Usually we have a very segmented episode where we have uh, different topics that we go over about the episode. We do recaps and we discuss the new episode. We talk predictions and so forth. But today's episode, because it's kind of a hiatus episode and we don't have an episode to talk about, we actually went to social media to see what would you guys like to listen to if Teresa and I were to want the excuse to actually speak to each other over hiatus. And you, you supplied us with some good ideas. So you make uh, it sound like we actually hate each other. and We don't constantly message each other with random thoughts. I, 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 listen, comedic value. Com- Got to keep on coming back for more, Teresa. Okay. But um, you guys gave us some good ideas. So um, as we go through this episode and we talk about the different topics, we are really off the cuff today. We, we do have a document where I told Teresa when we decided to record this episode, I said, we need to at least have a planning document where we can write down like a, an outline of what we like to talk about. And so I, I made a Google Doc and we shared it. And so we've, we've put together a hodgepodge outline, so to speak. Not sure how long this is going to be, but hey, at least you guys will have something to listen to this week. Something, and I've never been more prepared for an episode, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So we will see how this goes. But as we go through and we talk about the different things, we're definitely going to shout out to the ats of the people who gave us the ideas because we couldn't have done it without you. 
Um, we have ideas sometimes, but they're not as great as y'all's. So thanks. No, I, my head is always empty. I have no idea. Zero ideas in this noggin. She's, she's (laughs) ridiculous. Don't listen to her. But like I said, new episode next week, January 7th. Make sure you're tuning in. I will be watching it live. Teresa, will you be watching it live? Yes, I should be. Um, I will be there, uh, come hell or high water. So if you would like to, uh, watch with us we are on twitter we'll drop our socials at the end um and we are occasionally on instagram but usually we are partying it up on twitter so <laughs> all right okay so the first thing i want to talk about is the fact that the executive producer and show creator of nancy drew actually follows us on social media and is actively listening question mark question. To, uh, to she said that she was gonna listen doesn't mean that she did she's a very very busy person so if you're not listening it's fine but just knowing that you quote retweeted us and said thank you i'm so excited to listen to making a druid made our lives um so if you are listening no god we literally we collectively had a meltdown <laughs> um <laughs> a long and distance meltdown <laughs> together and with some of our other collaborators like Mel- which like told melissa and emma and all that yeah that and they all had a meltdown with us yes so uh we are so stoked if you are listening we mad respect we love your show uh excellent cast excellent creators writers directors all just quality television what I asked for Christmas this year was for more people to watch Nancy Drew next year. So oh, for sure. And just, I watch a lot of television and Nancy, Nancy Drew made the top 10 shows that describe me. If you want to know me, you have to watch these. And yep. Nancy Drew was on the list. Yep. Sure enough. Mine too. But really, we, we are really, really grateful. Um, and it was really neat, uh, made my week, the week of December 14th, not that I've memorized the date or anything. Um, <laughs> it did make our week. All right. So also celebrating today, we are less than 1000 listens from having 10,000 listens. Yes, that. That, that right I don't there. know what that was that came out of nowhere but like the excitement I I just cannot emphasize enough how little we thought people would care and how we like have almost 10,000 listens this truly melts my brain yeah she's not wrong um this pretty much started as an excuse for Teresa and I to just get together and talk about Nancy Drew so that we could like have someone to hash things out with because Teresa was going to start watching it I had already watched it and um so yeah this just started as a an opportunity for us to have a conversation so the fact that we are almost to 10,000 listens is wild beyond yeah I remember what was our original goal for like to start with season three i can't even remember what that was because we exceeded it so much like when we got to the first thousand it was like really really (laughs) we average over 300 listens an episode now that's insane to me i like i remember when we first started our twitter account and we got to like i think it was like 100 followers i like lost my cool and we're like over 200 now like i just 
yeah yeah it's been it's been I'm wild just, i'm baffled i'm baffled yeah. it's been a wild wild time thanks guys we say all that to say thanks we're we're super <laughs> grateful um and the fact that there's over 300 of you that listen to us every week is out of this world we are we're not worthy but we appreciate it um, and speaking for shout outs to a couple of people, we did have a couple of people we wanted to give a shout out to that we've heard from on our Twitter account since uh, the last episode. The first of which is Kate. Kate is at Muffy underscore Simba, which is a cute ad. And Kate tagged us and said, I've been enjoying listening to y'all for the first time while the series is on break. I'm almost done. I would bet Monopoly money that Odette's ass is gone to the great beyond, and I'm happy I was tired of her ass. Um, I would bet that she's not. <laughs> but but I, I appreciate your prediction. Um, I, I didn't mind Odette. I, I, but that's not why I don't think she's gone. I don't think she's gone because it was way too simple and nothing in this show is ever simple. But if you're right, I will totally tweet at you again and be like, you know what, Kate, you were right. You were right. And we were wrong. You were right, Kate. Yeah, exactly. And if we love listening, especially if you disagree with us, because it makes the conversation way more interesting, especially as uh, Allie and I have been agreeing a lot more this season than <laughs> usual. And it's so we have. <laughs> we have so I, like I just yeah we 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 don't always agree so the fact that we've been agreeing more it's been like oh what is this there's no con- there's no like dramatic <laughs> tension anymore like who's gonna be right <laughs> oh we both are um anywho we also heard from Karen both wrong or that yeah we also heard from Karen at marvelous Mrs. Me which I'm guessing is a reference to marvelous Mrs. Maisel which is starring Tony Shalhoub, who was the star of Monk, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. So <laughs> love that at she and Karen says, I miss hashtag Nancy Drew. So I started listening to making a Drude and it made me want to watch the show all over again. It's so wonderful. And with great characters and stories, we agree, obviously um, it is, it is a fantastic show. Um, we're, we're grateful that we, you know, have the chance to come together each week to talk about it. And if they didn't have great characters and stories, we'd have nothing to talk about. So we're glad you're listening and we're glad the show inspired you to do a rewatch. That's dope. That's literally the goal and the dream, right? To inspire everyone to just watch the show and really, really love it. Um, yeah. So you're proof of that. Thanks. Even like, you know, and the goal was, you know, to get new people. But if it inspires people who already love the show to rewatch it, I, I love that. I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. Also, fun fact, uh, not really a fun fact, but connection to A Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Nancy Drew, the, the new uh, Temperance, Olivia, starred in a show called The Magicians with a guy named yeah. Jason who's married to The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel in real life, which I think is cute. It's like the, the what's the Kevin Bacon thing? Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Six de- it's like the Six Degrees of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Like... <laughs> something like that also we've heard from kyle love kyle at kyle scott 27 on twitter who is a longtime listener hey kyle good to hear from you again 
Kyle said, just listen to the latest episode of Making a Druid, and I love the park theory. Yes, you do, Kyle. Yes, you do. I still think it's hella sus the way they focused on his shaking hand in episode two. There's something there. And I love how when I introduced that that theory in the last episode, I said, so this is my crack theory. <laughs> and yeah. now, now it's looking more and more like, like I- what if the, the truth spell we're going to talk about in a little bit, what if that's park? What if it's not temperance? What if it's park? Yeah, like, <laughs> I remember what you were like, you're saying this is my crack theory. And as you were going through it, I was just like, actually, actually why does that make sense i don't know um i don't like it because you know what i mean i we thought they were setting park up to be this great guy for nancy because they wanted him her to have another legitimate love interest but i think well one they had to have someone because i was actually listening to last our last episode on my walk of my dog this morning and don't ask me why and we talked about how they had to introduce someone like Park so that Ace would not have an excuse, right, to deny his feelings anymore. So they had to have that. But what would be the ultimate thing you didn't see coming? He's not actually a good guy. But Ace still thought he was. So Ace still realized his feelings. So it's like a double like whammy, which is yeah. always great. We love that. We love dual purpose. Yes, and that's on good writing. So I wouldn't put it past them. So yeah, Kyle, that's right. I, I'm glad. I'm glad we agree. Uh, lastly, we also had a message this week uh, from Keisha. If I mis- uh, mispronounced your name, let me know at Keisha two four two three two two seven four on Twitter who uh, was asking us how to access our podcast. Apparently, they're a really big fan of Nancy Drew, and they wanted to give our podcast a listen. We hope you're enjoying it. Um, we hope that you make it all the way to this episode since you, you were starting, I guess, maybe at the beginning. I don't know. But if you do listen to this episode, welcome to the fam. Uh, welcome to the Making a Drood crew. We are happy to have you. All right, so we got all the shout outs in. Let's get into episode 10 description. So correct me if I'm wrong, but this came out after nine premiered, which was how I knew that this description was going to potentially be spoiler-ish, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, we got most of the other descriptions for the episodes weeks in advance. So the fact that they were not giving the episode description for 10 until after 9 premiered was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, we already have episode 11's description, so. Yeah. So we like know. A, uh-huh, a reference yeah. point. <laughs> hmm So episode 10's description, the episode title in itself is The Confession of the Long Night. Okay, pause have to talk about this i already had the spiel with Teresa earlier y'all the confession of the long night so they're at the long night party in this episode which is as Teresa has told me because Teresa is smarter than i am um the long night is that's not true okay is is winter solstice right which is the longest night of the year um and so this party is taking place on the winter solstice or whatever the long night um and the confession piece is, as we'll see when we get to the trailer breakdown, the confession can obviously be in reference to the truth spell that's going to be cast. I, however, have a different idea. And cut because if it were the truth spell, it would have said the confessions of the long night. However, 
the title of the episode is The Confession of the Long Night. And I think we all know which is the confession that we're all waiting for. Um, so I do it's think- It's the night confession. We are waiting for broken answers. No, I'm kidding. Oh yeah, right? Um, no, but I do think it's very, this, these are intentional writers um, and they deliberately chose the confession singular and put like a big emphasis on it in the title. So I do feel like even if it's not a nice confession, which would be great, there is going to be a huge confession that happens in this episode. If it's not nice, I feel it's it's going to be a temperance related. Like yes, temperance is that was my other something. thought. Yeah, so it's, it's either it's ace either or temperance. temperance or ace, and yep. so um, because at this point Nancy pretty much had her confession at the end of season two. Ace just wasn't there to hear it. <laughs> yep. So, so it's going to be some some large scale reveal by some character. Yeah. By sure, and it, for sure. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna call it's either Ace confessing to Nancy or it's Temperance confessing to Nancy her plan, either to Nancy or Bess. Nancy or Bess. I was gonna say I think it might be to Bess. Um, we will see. We will see. But the description for the episode says a truth-inducing ritual takes hold of a town-wide cocktail party, yielding volcanic emotional confessions and a surprising romantic connection for Nancy. Meanwhile, one of Ryan's business contacts comes to town with an offer that may be connected to a recent wrongful death. So this description is great. It, like, it's very clearly and succinctly setting up your A-line story and your B-line story, right? So Ryan is our B story yeah. for this episode. And it seems like we're finally setting up that promise of Ryan being tempted in this and that, that be line story that we're going to get it is in this interesting episode. we had just talked about that a while back about the season description and how there were several things that we had not seen yet and that was still one of them that was one of them it seems like I mean there, there's only there's 13 episodes right there's only four five episodes, five episodes left and 11 seems 12 th- th- no four 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 episodes left yep uh, um for I, I don't think I still am out. I'm I, the jury is out for me on whether or not they knew they were getting 13 episodes. Yeah. Um, but still like, so we might be like delving into some of this at the beginning of season four. If when, yeah. I'm going to say when, when we get a season four. Oh, we're Sorry definitely going to get a season four, but anywho. So there's a truth inducing ritual. Um, which we'll get to in just a second and volcanic emotional confessions again so there's going to be more than one confession I think one is going to trump them all though and the surprising romantic connection is not surprising it's Nancy and Park I don't know how that would be surprising on any level because it's not actually Park there's gonna Uh. be (laughs) it's an imposter Park is gonna bring a friend it's an imposter um but yeah and then hopefully we will have ryan uh that story that we were kind of um tempted with again although i don't know that i liked ryan being tempted to like revert like he's had so much character growth just don't do it yeah and and there were some there's been so much greatness in this season in particular of him like really going 
and becoming part of the Drew crew that I feel like it's such a disservice to all of that growth to have him be tempted at all. Well, but I, I mean, the, the best way to show growth, right, is having him for him to be tempted and then no. turn it down. Yeah. I was getting ready to say the exact same thing. Um, in order to really show how far he's come, you know, he's going to have to be tempted and then demonstrate his growth through action and reform. So I understand. Doesn't mean I can't be annoyed. You know what? I just, a thought that just crossed my mind. No. Okay. What if the, it's surprising love interest for Nancy is that the surprises. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say what? (laughs) No. Um, Isn't, is that we are all expecting her to like, get together with park at this episode but it's hinting at the fact that ace is going to confess to nancy and they will finally spark a uh, romance because it's no, like we're not the twist. Lucky. we're not that lucky no <laughs> nancy and ace are going to get together in the finale right before ace dies um <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding they are going to get together in the finale though <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. So let's get to the episode Drama 10. Triggered. <laughs> episode 10 trailer breakdown. So at Nabrina's Moon, Katie on Twitter gave us the idea to do a breakdown <laughs> of the trailer. So Teresa and I literally screen time, uh, like screen shared the trailer and broke it down literally frame by frame. So if you haven't broken down the trailer frame by frame, we got you. We got you. Okay. So uh, the first thing we see is Hannah. Hannah is at the Copperheads prison cell. Um, we are assuming this is the night of the blackout and when she originally went down to unlock the lock. So this means that we will probably have flashback to Hannah's time in the parallel dimension uh, this episode. Yeah, I would not be and surprised if this there. is the actual opening of the episode that we start with the flashback. The cold open. Yeah. The cold open yep. and then yep. we go into the episode. I, I agree. This is probably one of the first scenes from the episode. Uh, back at the historic, I mean, so we'll probably see before she goes to the cell her getting the signal on the little thing. Um, since we already know they filmed that, I'm, I'm almost positive that we'll probably get that part too. But then, you know, like you said, it'll go through the whole thing of her being trapped. Then it cuts to the historical society. Hannah is telling Ace her story. It is what it looks like. And we possibly might see scenes um, while we're seeing those flashbacks, right, of Hannah getting trapped in this parallel dimension. It's possible that we're going to get scenes we've already seen this season, but from Hannah's perspective, like maybe the first time she knocks on Nancy's door. Um, I don't think, I think once she was trapped, because the first time it happened was the night of the blackout. Remember, mm-hmm. because it was the last episode of last season, we heard the knocking. Um, we know that Hannah went down that night and un- un- unleashed the monster. And just like Ace, I don't think Hannah realized she was in another dimension. And that's when she ran to Nancy's house to warn Nancy and knocked on the door and Hannah couldn't see, uh, Nancy couldn't see her. I think we're going to get that scene. The night I imagine, of the blackout. Yeah, I imagine this will be a lot like the wraith scenes that we got before where we went through yes. scenes and we saw the wraith. I feel like this will go through scenes and we'll see Hannah. Yes, I think, but for sure, we. I think we're going to get the night of the blackout. Oh, when, I, she, I, it, when she first realizes that something has happened and Hannah and Nancy can't see her. I would be very surprised if we don't because that's just such a great way to just open up the whole episode of her like going through that night yeah 
Well, and also it, it would be a huge parallel to last episode. That's the exact same way Ace figured out mm-hmm. that he was not in that reality anymore was that he went and found Nancy. Um, and which, I mean, genius. That is what I would do too. If I accidentally unleashed a monster or like, <laughs> now Ace was going to Nancy to like spill his guts. And unfortunately, Nancy was not there to hear it. But, um, but no, it'd be a great parallel. So I'm looking forward to getting some quality Hannah flashbacks because I don't know about y'all, but Teresa and I have I sorely her. missed Hannah this season. I don't know if you could tell by our predictions that have been centering around Hannah, someone who's been <laughs> For absent this the entire, entire season. <laughs> We've been like, We're like Hannah's Hannah, oh no, Hannah's dead. Hannah's dead. <laughs> like i think the intention for this season was for the casual viewer to kind of forget about hannah right was to be like oh well kind of like people forget about tamora right oh well tamora's off doing this hannah's off doing this so to the casual viewer it's like oh i've forgotten about hannah so now at the end of last episode when you see hannah it's like oh my gosh it's hannah and me and you were like duh duh (laughs) saw that one coming four miles away I know, but we've been saying it was Hannah for like at least two episodes. But she never left our predictions, though. I would just like to point out (laughs) she was always there. She was always in the back of our minds. I just think it's so funny because these excuses that we had at the beginning of the season were like such a typical excuse of like we couldn't get the actor to come back, so we had to get rid of them somehow. And Uh here comes Hannah. Yeah, bitch, I've been here. It was just so funny because I, 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 I understand that the two of us in our podcast, like we watch these, this show and these episodes so deeply and like, we really look at things and we really analyze a hyper analyze even. And so it's, I always, it's funny to me. Okay. So I watched the show with my best friend, Cassie, right? Cassie is 100% casual viewer. Like she, she just watches it with me every week. She doesn't, she doesn't exist on Twitter. Like she, none of those things. And so it's always fun for me to watch it with her as a casual viewer versus someone who is like, like meta, you know, and like something will happen while we're watching and I'll be like, Oh, and she'll be like, well, I was like, I have a theory, but you don't want me to tell you my theories because <laughs> she doesn't like spoilers or anything like that. Like she doesn't want to know anything. And so it's just interesting to think about that perspective. Any piece of media without overanalyzing everything. I feel that. I can't. I feel that on a deep emotional level. (laughs) All right. So we then see a shot of uh, what Teresa and I have agreed. We think is the copperhead stepping on the key, breaking the key the first time in a flashback. Um, which plays into what we had discussed last semester, last semester, last episode about the copperhead breaking the key in order to keep the women in white in the parallel dimension, um, which plays into my theory from last episode. If you want to go back and listen to that one, it's a good one. Um, so we do think it's the copperhead copperhead broke the key, uh, the first time. It's not the repaired one that Ace has repaired and now gotten himself stuck because um, 
I don't know that we'd have time to like somehow repair that during a party while also rescuing them in the same night because we have thoughts about that too. So definitely the first time. We then see Ace and he says, we've got to find Nancy, which mood. Yeah, that I think that's absolutely the best thing that you could do. It's my constant state of mind. Where's Nancy? I got to find her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we we think that Ace is potentially going to spend the episode trying to communicate with Nancy and then potentially gets distracted by Nancy and Park at the ball thing that is happening. Which does anyone else on it? Not you, Teresa, don't listen. Um, but anyone else who watched The Vampire Diaries? Um, so this episode's trailer gives me serious dangerous liaisons vibe um which is an episode of the vampire diaries from way back when that kind of introduced all the originals and is possibly the greatest episode of vampire diaries fight me um we got all those great Caroline scenes and the the love triangle with elena and it was a great episode but it's given me those vibes which excites me because again that is one of my favorite episodes of the vampire diaries so i have high hopes High hopes for this episode. We then see uh, that the truth spell from the description was actually cast by Bess. So Bess has cast the truth the truth spell to which we think it's probably to get Temperance to tell the truth about her intentions and that then it's likely manipulated by Temperance herself. Yeah, I mean, she just said she needs to get more evidence by the end of the last episode, so... Yeah, so I think this was her way of trying to do that. Addie's obviously in on it. Um, and so something goes wrong with it. And nothing goes wrong the way temperance can make things go wrong. So yeah. I'm pretty sure it's temperance. I did they I know, I mean, she was very honest with Addie at the beginning, but I wonder if this leads into the fact that we have both surmised that Addie has some connection to the magical world. Yeah. It would be so, great. It would be great to see that in this episode. Some confirmation of that would be nice. Would be. I agree. We put also everyone looks hot. Everyone does look hot. And so, sorry, mm-hmm. I do like overanalyze everything, but I'm also shallow as fuck. <laughs> yeah, everyone looks really attractive. I mean, Ace still looks like really nice in his pink long sleeve t-shirt, um, which stop wearing pink, my friend. Bad things happen when you wear pink. But also, it would be nice if I could have seen him in a tuxedo. We were both commenting right before we started recording how, like, how come Ace is always, like, MIA when it comes to, like, the nice attire? I don't think we've ever seen him wear a right. suit. Right. Wouldn't it be nice? I would just, With his like, hair, like, oh, James Bond in it. I God. just put Nace, Ace in a suit, please. Alex in a suit. How, now, maybe it's for my own sanity. It might be too hot for me. Oh my gosh. That they're probably taking pity on all of us. Anywho, we then see Nancy, Bess, and what looks like Temperance. So add us if you disagree. We 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 looked at this one several times before we settled on Temperance. We we took, we were like, is it George? No, George's hair is different. Addie's hair <laughs> is it Addie's different? No, it's down. Bess's hair is down. Um, so it looks like Temperance is with Nancy and Bess. And we've settled on there's sparks that's happening in the background. See, because at first we thought this was when they were doing the truth spell, but temperance being there wouldn't make sense. So then we're like, Teresa mentioned, what if the sparks are a way Ace and Hannah are trying to communicate 
with Bess and Nancy that temperance is bad news, like which is what Hannah has been doing anyways. Because uh, it does look like they're in the historical society. So potentially a communication from the great beyond. We see Nancy under the influence of the truth spell, obviously. She's wondering what Park looks like naked. Then, I mean, don't we all? Don't we all? When this podcast turns into a thirst after John. (laughs) I mean, don't we all? Temperance then is trying on her dress for the party at Icarus um, for the long night ball. Bess is still there. She is still playing nice during that scene. Uh, George has apparently told Nick that she wants to date under people. All other people. Obviously also under the truth spell. And so then we had the thought, you know, so these are two quote truths, right? Um, that one is, seems a little bit more suspect than Nancy's truth. Um, and it made us think what, since something has gone wrong with the truth, truth serum or truth spell or whatever, what if the, they're telling truths, but they're distortions of truth or maybe even passing thoughts, kind of like Verita serum from the Harry Potter series. Um, just looking at those two different truths, like we know those can't be actual truths because something went wrong with the spell. Unless what went wrong with the spell was that it affected everyone but temperance and it was supposed to affect temperance. Either way, um, I think it I think it acts as some sort of like burrito serum, like I said, where it like um, a stream of conscious thought, right? As opposed, like Nancy no one asked nancy like what are you thinking she just said oh i wonder what he looks like naked like obviously that was just something she that crossed her mind because he was across the room looking fine as hell like he looked good in that suit yo he he did if only ace were next to him oh my god i i will never until the writers give me ace in a suit i will never shut up about this exactly writers we if you're listening because i think some of you do listen sometime if you're listening can we please have ace in in i have two requests nace rain kiss and ace in a suit please nace rain kiss yes hashtag nace rain kiss that will be on our bingo card for next season too if we don't get it this season just just so you're aware um anyhow i'll settle for snow yes we then see temperance. She is speaking. She's holding a candle. She's speaking to the entire party. So, which brought the thought to us of, oh, so temperance is hosting the party. Or maybe not. Maybe temperance. And we talked about, Teresa talked about this last episode. Um, I think we can't remember who talked about it. Me, you, Melissa, somebody. About Some temperance things. using the party as a way to conduct some sort of ritual. Which brings in our prediction. So the long night is the winter solstice. There are some forms of magic of uh, cultures and the supernatural cultures that, and I need to do more research on this, but I know that there are some that really um, have like a, a level of respect or intention towards the solstice, the summer and the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe that's why Hannah says that they're running out of time because it's almost the end of the solstice. And whether that means at the end of the solstice, they are, the magic is permanent and they're stuck in the dimension. It all could be, also could be that Temperance is planning to use the heightened magical like presence of the solstice to conduct some sort of ritual at this party. 
Um, and that could be what she's doing here, right? She could be using the party as a way to cast some sort of spell that she needs for her overall like master plan. I also have a question that just occurred to me as you were speaking. Um, I know there's a slight difference between the winter solstice and the winter equinox. And the solstice has to do with the, the, the longest night and the longest day. So the summer solstice yeah. is the longest day. The winter solstice is the longest nights. And I know they happen around the same, the same time. I know the winter solstice and the winter equinox are around the same time, but uh-huh. like, what if it, what if I'm wrong about the solstice? What if this is about the winter equinox? Mm. I don't think, hold on. That, and I don't know if that would matter, if that will be, if it affect the lore at all. Because I know the winter equinox also has something to do with magic. No, it's the uh, solstice is the maximum tilt away from the sun. Okay. So that's the longest, longest day of the year. Um, for sure. And I just did a quick search of winter solstice magic and there's tons. Um, there is tons. Yeah. So, so. anywho... This is also a fictional supernatural show. So they they can take with that what they want to. It's it's just a prediction. It's just a prediction. Uh we all I'm, overth- I'm overthinking as always. <laughs> um, and then we see a scene where Ace is obviously staring at Nancy and Park, if you ask me, uh, because he looks longingly. And Hannah says that they're out of time. So do they have a plan? Are they there to enact the plan? Is Ace becoming distracted and Hannah is scolding him because mom Hannah, here for it. Mom Hannah. Yeah. She is kind of like the Drew Cruz mom, let's be honest, because Karen kind of sucked at it. So Hannah can have that title. Gross, Karen. Hate her. Uh-huh. Don't worry. She's still in prison. And then <laughs> Teresa had a prediction. Most likely to be in prison forever. Karen. Yeah, Karen. Uh, Then Teresa had a prediction and she was talking about maybe temperance is interfering with the true spell to put the Drew crew in a position to be easily manipulated. Is she using that? Is she harnessing Bess's truth spell to her own advantage? We then see Park and Nancy kiss, but I mean, come on, they're under the influence of the truth spell. So does it count? Does it count? It's kind of like when Damon and Elena first had sex and it was, you know, she was sired to Damon. Did it count? That's the thing is like dubious consent is I think it might be real in this case, because if you aren't of sound of mind and body, can't, you can't give consent. I feel like being under I mean, a truth that's spell both is kind of, of them. like, that's yeah, both of them. I mean, no, it's both of them. They Unless not- is Park oh. the one that interfered with the truth spell? We were also talking about that, but like, um, and it might be, I don't know. We haven't seen the episode for sure. Nancy is clearly under the spell. Yes. Nancy clearly is. We and don't it's gross because clearly is. And she wouldn't make certain decisions. Well, you know, typically it reminds me of the, that ep- episode 10, I think when she was under that other, the bride. Oh yeah. The, the dress bride. Uh, that, yes. that it reminds me of that top tier god tier episode that one right there so um, good. <laughs> nancy we didn't see nancy's blood being used again which then again we also asked is it like her choice is it being forced upon her we know how important her blood is so like mm-hmm. you know either one 
And then lastly, we see Temperance saying to Bess, have fun watching your friends' lives implode. So I, I feel like this is kind of like a, uh, gives credence to the whole, like they're saying things they wouldn't normally and that their truths not being actual truths and it's Temperance's doing. Yeah. So, but Teresa did point out that obviously at this point, Temperance is aware that Bess is not her friend. So Temperance has definitely faux show figured out that Bess has figured her out. So, and that was the end of the trailer. So. It's a lot. It's a lot happened. I I don't know how we pulled that much content out of 20 seconds, but you're welcome. Yeah, I... Oh, as you were talking about it and we we're going frame by frame, I was like, wow, these trailers have a lot more than I give them credit for. <laughs> I well, go- that's because normal people just watch the 20 seconds and get on with their lives and they just have a, a, a glimpse or a picture of what's going to happen. They don't actually sit and like break it down. <laughs> but I feel like everyone should. Like there's so much in these little things yeah. and, you, and we have a, a deeper idea of where this might be headed and it makes it more fun and exciting when you watch the episode because if something doesn't go the way you thought it would you know you get excited mm-hmm. yeah and if agreed. something does you get excited yep agreed all right so that was the end of the trailer so our next request we had was uh at marvelous mrs me karen asked us if we could explain our temperance prediction uh like her six prediction things so at the beginning of this season we started our weekly temperance predictions temperance gave six predictions at the beginning in episode one she said one will be the other's demise one will betray your true love will lose your heart will wreak havoc on the town will forsake what's dearest to you and will fulfill your destiny and all and cause the rest to fall so Teresa and i made it our weekly ritual that we would say our predictions and not offer an explanation as to why we have selected those people um so Teresa do you want to give our explanations or do we want to live in mystery a little while longer here's the thing (laughs) but at the end of the last podcast episode you and I agreed on every single one but two which is funny because I originally had yours 100% and you had 100% match and then something in my gut was like no and I reverted back to my old one versus um because you had Nancy and Bass we disagree with Nancy and Bass you think Bass is going to wreak havoc across Horseshoe Bay and I said Nancy would and then you said um, you said Nancy would forsake something that's dearest to her. And I said Bess would. Um, and so I, that in mind, I feel like maybe we could talk about it because we're already thinking, we're clearly thinking similar things, or at least leaning to similar conclusions. But then I'm also like, but what if we influence each other? That's true. I will say one thing. I, it does look like my best prediction might be true in this episode. We'll wreak havoc on the town. She kind of is accidentally because her, her truth spell. So, I mean, you know, you know, the whole town's at this party. 
<laughs> the whole town is at this party um, and havoc may be ensued. Um, but we also talked about how we think, you know, Nick and Bess may have already been fulfilled, depending on how you see it as like, you know, and I don't know. This I is think we hard. should just keep the mystery. We should keep the mystery. So okay. Karen, mad respect, friend. Um, but I think that Teresa's right. I think we might we might inadvertently influence one another. And it looks like we're already coming together anyways. Like we used to be a lot different. <clears throat> a lot different. And now we're not as much. Um how about this? We will give our temperance prediction explanations before the finale. Are yeah. we good with this? Yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, at the finale, we might we even know. do like a Twitter live or something and chat about it on Twitter with everybody and see Ooh. what everybody else thinks. That would be yeah, fun. that would be fun. Um, or maybe even have like a separate episode for it because I feel like we can get really into it, and that would make an episode really, really long truth but we will we will give them to you eventually we promise all right next on the list and this is not one that was requested it's just something i need to get off my chest where the hell is tamora (laughs) where is i i oh and well i think this came to be and i didn't write down the at but someone said earlier this week in a tweet that you and i did not like tamora lies Lies. We like Tamora just fine. Thank you. I think it's at the beginning of season two when we were giving him a lot of flack. Oh, we were, but we we like Tamora. Um, and but legit, let's talk about this for a second. Because at the beginning of the season, they gave a one sentence explanation of where he was. He was off working on um Everett's something. case. Yeah, he was working on, on Everett's case. Everett's case. Yeah. So are we to assume that he is still off working on Everett's case? And if so, one, no one else has mentioned him this season. Are they potentially trying to hold off and see how well his new show does? They might be because they might not. They might want to leave that door open for him to come back. Yes. Like, I think he would be one of those characters. It would be great to see him again. And John, John, while we're while we're requesting um but his new show now it got so the pilot got picked up for 13 episodes so it's supposed to premiere in march so we will see how that goes um and whether or not tomorrow does come back but if he ends up not coming back i'm gonna need them to give him a better send-off like at least come back for an episode so he can finalize his transfer or something i think i think it's been heavily implied by, and this is me looking into things, right? By some of the tweets and Instagram posts of the cast and crew. And that like, he might be coming back for the finale. I know um, that's a, I think people have been be talking dope. about. So like, if he's back for the finale and they might leave it open-ended enough that it doesn't matter what happens with his other show, that he can either come back or he can be written off. Um. That because would be awesome. I okay, I did give I will admit tomorrow and I we I gave him a lot of flag at the beginning. He was a little dick, okay? He was very mean to Ace, and you know how I feel about Ace. I don't like it when 
Tamara screams at him because people are mean to Ace and I will not stand by it. But also his chemistry with the cast was amazing. It was really good. (laughs) Even his, okay. And so my sister who listens to our podcast, hi Heather. Um, my sister loved Nathan, uh, Nancy and Tamora, which, you know, so sad for you because that's not going to happen. But uh, they did. Ha- they had good chemistry. They Nancy had great and chemistry. Did. I think the- Kennedy has great chemistry with everyone. She's kind of like Candace Akala from the Vampire Diaries. She just has good chemistry with everyone. You know, it's the, the same thing reminds me of like. Eliza Taylor had the same thing where she was like, oh my gosh, yes. Cause you know, I was a Bellamy and Clark fan for life, but Gabriel and Clark, when she oh was my playing God. I was oh like, oh God, I wouldn't have even so been mad. I mean, I would have been furious. I would have, I would have thrown a fit if, yeah, if, I would have if Clark and Gabriel would have been a thing, but like, I think I would have gotten over it. <laughs> I mean, if I could have, if I got past Bellamy and Echo, I feel like I could get past it because at least I liked Gabriel. Echo no. was like crazy bitch. Hated Echo. Like, but but yeah, like there's just some actors. In this case, we just listed actresses, but like people who just have great chemistry with lots of people. And I don't know what if it's like them or if they just get along with everybody or if they're just that talented. I have no clue what the secret sauce is for yeah. this. No idea. But she did have good chemistry with Tamora, though. Um, she did. She's obviously going to end up with Ace. Sorry, Heather. Um, she had great <laughs> chemistry with Tamora. And I just would like him back. Like, he was a good cop. And obviously, they've made they've made Park temporary for a reason. Um, which, that also, while we're on that subject of Park being temporary, that also plays into that prediction of him being a baddie. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there like if he ends up being a bad dude yeah it's either he's um, i mean actually, unless he's connected to the road back somehow somehow i do somehow see, he I is do, connected to i the do road agree back. i am trying to be optimistic and say that he isn't a baddie and that he's connected to the road back because he's undercover yeah. in some way or because he's, he's investigating or that. bad but for sure the road back and um, I just really want that because I think it'd be really interesting to bring Shannon Cook back. <laughs> um, no, Shannon Cook for sure is coming back. He better come back because I need the Hardy Boys in my life. Oh, it just feels like such a waste of talent if Shannon Cook doesn't come back. You're not wrong. For at least one more episode. They, he was in two episodes and I feel like that's not enough. <laughs> mm-hmm, I agree. But yeah, so this has been Tamora Talk as we like to call it in this episode of uh maybe we should make that a a a reoccurring segment a a weekly segment this week on tomorrow talk he's still not back and we (laughs) still miss him he was just such a competent investigator and he was in a scary way yeah and like a counterpart to nancy because she's been surrounded by idiots her whole life if tomorrow comes back can we get him a love interest that's not nancy Maybe one that's closer to his age, even. That'd be great. I know. Preferably. <laughs> um, anywho. So thank you for listening to Tomorrow Talk this week. Now let's move into kind of like um, a weird, uh, twisted version of Easter eggs. I'm calling it Book Corner because that feels <laughs> like a book thing, right? We like to curl up in corners and read things. Um, so the first comment... Uh, 
that we'll make is from Kyle again. Kyle, what's up, friend? Kyle mentions the Nancy Drew prequel novel. So I've actually ordered it. I did not realize this was a thing. Um, so I've ordered the Nancy Drew TV series prequel novel. It will be here on Thursday. I am fully prepared to read it and enjoy it. And yes, maybe we in the future will come back and review the prequel novel. That would be something fun to do over big hiatus. So Mm -hmm. Teresa needs to get hers ordered too. Teresa and I both love to read. We're both readers. I I mean, I've, my goal is 75 books this year. I'm two books behind. Now, I mean, (laughs) she's a little bit more into like, book twitter and book instagram than i am i kind of just buy books when i see them and read them and she has like book trading like she's hardcore um i taught reading (laughs) but she has an english she has an english literature degree so i do uh if anyone wants to join in my book sharing circle i just need your amazon wish list tweet it at me dm me i will start just buying you books and sending them your joy i will i had more money and time I would join friend you know I would I, I 100% would <laughs> I have an addiction there have there are about. two different hobbies okay there's buying books the hobby and there's reading books the hobby and you know I happen to be just burdened with both gotta do what you gotta do but yeah so I've ordered the prequel novel Teresa I'm gonna get her to as well and maybe over big hiatus we can do some of these check-ins and one of them can be uh prequel novel so that would be fun. Also today in Book Corner, uh, Kendra at Kbro on um, Twitter. Kendra, also a longtime listener. Good to hear from you, friend. Kendra asks, should Nancy Drew have a new series of books that follows the mature audience like the TV show does? Well, if you ask... Yes. Well, if you ask traditionalists, which no one ever does, they would say no. But I would say yes. Um, I think that there's a huge opportunity to introduce an entire new generation of, uh, of people to Nancy Drew. Um, and you're going to reach them if you make the books more relatable and add in content that mm-hmm. they um, have the background knowledge to understand. Unfortunately, the original Nancy Drew novels are now getting to the point to the age where there's a certain level of background knowledge that a lot of readers, young readers today just don't have in order to actually understand the stories. And there are certain storylines that just would not fly now. Um, Now I, as you all know, am a huge OG Nancy Drew book fan, Um, but I'm not going to like, you know boo-boo the possibility of trying to introduce this really empowered female you know book character to a new generation of people just because there's like the original books you know what I mean yeah I I think it's just a missed opportunity just on like if if we're going to look at this on a realistic publishing capitalistic scale they're missing out on a lot of like many opportunities and and you know just introductions to a character that is i mean well established in lore but like they're she's so the books are just so old-fashioned they're not going to capture new audiences people who love her love her and will buy those books and will read those books and they will be in libraries till the end of time and people who accidentally stumble upon them will might read them and stuff like that but like you said there is 
new sensibilities and new experiences that just will not be allow people to connect to Nancy the way that that other people have in the past. And I think it's like that she's a character that deserves modernization um, for this new audience. And um, it's, it's the way this show did it for TV, right? We had other adaptations of Nancy and they really did it over. Like she had a complete makeover. I was going to say this, this version of Nancy Drew on the CW has been very successful. I know it's a CBS show or whatever, but like, and I know that there are newer Nancy Drew books that have come out since the original yellowback books. Right. Um, But even those still carry a lot of the same, um, a lot of the same things as the original books. I think that they need to have a series of Nancy Drew books that follows the same, like the TV show, right? Of completely revamping it, bringing in diversity, uh, bringing in social topics that are relevant to the world we live in today, um, as well as that, you know, the newer, more modern, like places and references that kids today would understand. I think that's yeah. what's going to, um, Bring more student, uh, more students and children into reading these novels um, today in 2022, almost. Oh my God, stop it! Yeah, yeah. Seriously, it's where it's the 28th. It is almost 2022. I want to throw myself into the sun. All right, so now we are going to do our final two little segments that we have are probably the ones that I'm most looking forward to. So we actually, um, we actually uh, spoiler proofed our responses to these two because we we wanted to surprise one another with our responses. And so the first one is a look back. We're going to look back at all three seasons and decide, you know, now that we look back, um, you know, where we from where we are today, uh, what were our favorite episodes from each season? And did they hold up? Are they still the ones that were our same favorite episodes when we watched the season? And so we each approached it a little bit differently. I kind of looked at the list of episodes and said, which ones jump out at me? But Teresa and I both agreed that season two was a lot harder than season one. Even though holistically season one feels like it was a better season, season two had more standout episodes. And Teresa mentioned it's probably because season two was a little less cohesive than season one. Therefore, many of the episodes stood out. And I liked that point. It feels feels valid. Yeah, it's just that like season one was so like, it just... A lot of the episodes just feel like one giant episode because the storytelling was just so put together versus season two. Um, they had so many moving elements because each each episode had its own ghost pretty much. And like they felt thematic almost. Yeah. They and yeah. so um and they're just different forms of storytelling that they're, I guess, they're trying to play around with um to keep out audience attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends on what you prefer. Um, like I was trying to figure out what episode the breaking out of Carson, the ace breaking Carson out of jail, what episode that was. And I couldn't for the life of me remember. <laughs> oh, in season one. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd have to look at the list. That was, that was not on my favorites. It was. Uh, hold on. 
and it was just because I like a couple episodes started blending into each other, and I was like, it could be any of these. I can't, I can't, I can't remember. Oh my goodness, it was okay. Cause remember Nancy and George and Nick. I want to say it was Lady of Larks Berlin, wasn't it? Because they were off doing something else. It might be. Um, and then Ace then comes in later. I do. I want to say it's the the Lady of Larks Berlin. And that's what I thought. That's what that's episode twelve, oh, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because eleven was the Phantom of the Bonnie Scott. Um, and then and, and then and Carson is still in prison during that episode. Yeah, because thirteen was the Whisper Box, and Ace was finally with them. With them. Yes. And then 14 is the one where we found out who killed um, Tiffany. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to say it was 12. Yeah. I think but if we were right. wrong, someone at us, let us know. I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was 11 or 12. I was just like, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it feels like it was three years ago. Let's be honest. All right. So let's okay. get to our faves. So season one, favorite episode. Do we, are we just going to go or are we going to, is there a particular way you want to do this? Do you want to go like one, two, three and announce it? Um, how about you go and then I go right after. Okay. So after much deliberation. Um, you really have to deliberate this one? <laughs> no. I, I did not. <laughs> it was episode, was a, episode was 16. Yeah, the, the haunting of Nancy Drew. Um, my brain literally melted. So, um, literally, that was the first when when we started rating episodes. I remember telling you like it was easy for me to rate things because I knew what I was comparing it to. I yes. knew which episode was a five, and that is this episode, like episode sixteen, the haunting of Nancy Drew. And this is the episode for those of you. Who have forgotten this is the episode where Nancy's in the courtroom and she testifies um, on behalf of Carson. She gets him cleared. She, we find out that Lucy Sable committed suicide. And then at the very, very, very end, we learn that Nancy is actually the child of Lucy and Ryan. This feels, and I, I wonder if you have some of these moments as a writer as well. This feels like the, the thing that sparked the need to make this show. Yeah. Like these, this, they, they, this, they were building to this. Is like, they were building up to this particular episode. Like the whole show was like, I don't know who pitched the story, but whoever um was like, whoever pitched it probably was like, this is the episode I want to write. This is the thing that I want to write. So I have to get through all of the wonder, 15 episodes before that. I wonder if Noga is the one. Hold on, I'll I don't, tell you. I don't know who pitched. It was it. Noga Landau and Katie Schwartz. Yeah. And if she wants to tweet at me to correct me and say, no, that's not how it worked, that, you know, she's more than... It feels like it would be, though. Like, this is this is that scene that you're building to. And it's like, uh, it's like that one fanfic that I wrote um, where it was revealed that Bellamy was the... Um, the rebel king i don't know if you ever read that one and everybody like at me and we're in my messages like oh my god i i wrote that entire story to lead up to that one moment Um, i I can't remember it was super satisfying but yeah so the haunting of nancy drew was my favorite of that season all right so honorable mention 
Oh, I have two. Oh, you have two. I do. I have two. I only have one. Okay. So my two honorable mentions are 14, The Sign of the Uninvited Guest, um, because of that reveal at the very end, Uh the Tiffany reveal. Um, I thought it was really well done. The pacing was impeccable. It loved that. Um, And then her uh, figuring out that it was uh, Josh, right? Yeah, Josh. Yeah. Loved it. And then episode nine, The Hidden Staircase. um, Really? As I was like going through the episodes, that one really bumped, uh, like jumped out to me because of the whole scene between um, Carson and Nancy at the tree and yeah. just like the Helgapataki tree. Yeah. And just, just Scott Wolf and, and Kennedy McMahon were just powerhouses the entire episode. Um, and, you know, you could really, it could, it really felt honest. Um, yeah. They're kind their their father daughter dynamic. And I just, you know, I, I really, really liked that episode. If I had done a second honorable mention, it probably also would have been The Hidden Staircase. But my honorable mention, and I, I already know Teresa what it is. Call this one. <laughs> well, what is it, Teresa? Is it, is it not, if it's not episode 10, I will throw myself <laughs> out the window. It is episode 10. It's the mark of the poisoner's pearl. Um, <laughs> I've been very honest in the past about my love and ador- adoration for this episode. Um, it is top tier god tier episode it was the first episode we really got to see them working as the drew crew yeah and we it was such a good story it was just your average serial killer it wasn't supernatural um and then ace was the one this is where we really got to see ace with his nancy like qualities like he figured out who like the rest of them figured out that who the murderer was because of nancy but ace figured it out on his own um and so i i really love the mark of the poisoner's pearl it's a really good one i love it and adore it all right season two i did have two honorable mentions three (laughs) i love so many episodes if you're doing three i'm gonna do three two then okay okay go do you need time to think about your third episode no no i know what it is i i eliminated one because i was like no just do two (laughs) all right first first favorite episode and i'm curious to see which one you selected as your favorite for season two i you know See, but you really liked that one episode that I just was like, oh. but you loved that episode. It was the scourge of the forgotten rune. You it loved- is my- <laughs> I love that episode. <laughs> is that your favorite? I knew it. I was like, she's gonna pick that awful one that she loved. Okay, it was awful. Why do you think it's awful? I told you that okay. this episode was it's made for people awful. like me. It's not awful. It was a good episode. It's just not like my, it did not make my top four. It did not. Which is like, I understand, <laughs> but, but I, I bet my, my four, I bet some of them made yours. Okay. What's your top so, one though? So my top one is the spell of the burning bride. Oh yeah. Where she wears the wedding dress and like, that's a good one. That and that one and is I, this one that when you look at the list immediately, I was like, "Oh, that one." That I uh, 
I'm not going to lie to you. That was my fifth one. <laughs> that was top five. Okay, that was my okay. fifth one. There we um, go. I know not everyone loves the episode 11 as much as me. Not everyone will. Not everyone should, because technically, I don't think it's the technically, technically the best episode. It is the one that when you told us to rank it was like the first episode that came to mind, which is why I felt like it would have been dishonest for me of me to put it anywhere else. <laughs> Um, because I just, and this is, again, maybe a part of me is like, this is why I know I don't like, or I don't hate Nick the way I have been accused of. I, one of the reasons why I love it so much is because it is a Nick centered yeah. episode and we do not get many of those. And, and it's, again, though, we, uh, I don't think we've only had one person say that we were too hard on Nick that way. That's true. We, one person. We love Nick. We, we love Nick. talk about how much we love Nick. Um, and I just, all of the elements are things that I love, are tropes that I love in the supernatural horror genre. And yeah. I think the pacing that was, was just so, so wonderful. And it's, it was funny. It was a good episode. It was. Uh, it was, and it was such a great balance between all of them. I feel like we, we knew it was about Nick and it was a Nick centered episode, but everyone had a moment to just you know shine and I loved it they were working together even though they didn't know each other it was so cute mm -hmm. it was and I don't follow you at all that's the reason why I, I chose Burning Bride was because that was the first one that came to mind so it was like well it's going to be dishonest of me to put anything other than that one is first because mm -hmm. that was the the very first one I thought of I don't blame you at all that scene with her touching Ace's hair that alone makes yeah, it worth it it, it, it was it was <laughs> so it was just comedic gold it was comedic for gold. those of you who don't know me if you go look at my top 10 tv shows to know me you'll notice that the majority of them are comedies i think monk was technically a dramedy but like i love to laugh my ass off i do i love it and so that one was just it's burned <laughs> pardon my pun it's burned <laughs> into my like brain it was it was such a comedic just wonderful yeah. episode and it really showed Kennedy's comedic chops that I feel like she doesn't yeah. get to use that much. Because, no, yeah, um, so uh, I don't, I, yep. that's my top five. Yep, it was great. All right, so we each have three honorable mentions. So I'm curious okay. to see if any of our honorable mentions line up. Do you want to so get, do you want me to? One? Okay, my one? first one is episode 16, uh, The Purloined Keys. Um, no, I don't have that one on my list. I'm surprised because we both kind of raved about it while we were, recording um it was one of those episodes that i made me realize why i love nancy as a character um and how appreciate her and how other characters around her may not appreciate her as much as i think they should um yeah. and so i don't know and it just i really liked the the dynamic between ryan and nick was really interesting to me um and how despite that they had all of these very smart people working together, they still couldn't out up smart Nancy Drew, which is just yep. the icing was, on the cake. I agree. It was a very, very good episode. I do. I agree. I think it's interesting that um, coming away from the season and looking back, how like you and I have like different answers. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Um, my first honorable mention was the legend of the murder hotel. 
with the oh, volleyball players and that is a great one and um they think that there's a serial killer but it turned out to be the hotel was just like bribing people and nancy has that great conversation with that girl at the that girl stop. yeah so that was uh, that was my first honorable mention also a catherine episode who wrote uh 309 I, I just want to give Catherine, thank you for the H.H. Holmes uh, little Easter egg in there for me. I'm the only one that cared. I'm the only one that caught it. Thank you. Um, I feel like that was personal also, to me. Thank you to Catherine uh, for giving us a listen. We're really grateful. And also, thank you for 309. That was a bomb.com episode. Um, but also, thank you to Catherine because she said we could adopt her. So. And you know what? I'm, I'm talking to my lawyer as we speak. <laughs> And so, you know, I think we should just adopt each other. But yes, so that was my first honorable mention. My second honorable mention was, because you know me, I'm Hardy Boy Trash, The Trail of the Missing Witness. That's another good one, but it's not on my list either. I am Hardy Boy Trash. I am. Y'all know I live for the Ace Hardy Boy theory. The the hug. I live for. Yeah. The hug, the Nancy hug at the end. But also just like getting to see Ace work with Grant and knowing in my heart, I know in my heart that they're the Hardy Boys. And just, you know, I'm a book lover. Like I love the the original like canon of Nancy Drew. Um, and so I had to put this one on my list because it was the Hardy Boys episode. Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, they were working together. And like, I, every time I think about it, it makes me tear up a little because I'm like, one day we'll get confirmation. One day, one day, Noga, one day could be tomorrow and I'd be okay with it. It'd be okay. Anyways, your second. Uh, my second is episode 17. Episode 17. See, yours are from like later in the season. You're the, that's the peerless captive one. Yeah, um, I loved Dark Nancy, but I specifically picked this because of the race reveal at the end. Oh, yes, where we all collectively lost our minds again. Yeah. Everything makes sense. Everything makes sense now. There is just, I think it was, what I really loved about it was um, the, the previous episode, it was just Nancy trying to keep everybody safe. And everybody around her not trusting her. And then in this episode, um, it was the other way around, really, where everyone was trying to save Nancy. And Nancy at that point felt so isolated that she didn't trust anyone to care for her. And that, and which is why I picked, why I ended up having three, because I felt like, to me, I couldn't pick 16 or 17. I, they had I to be together. 18. No, oh, I did yeah. not pick. Okay. They okay, had to be 16 and 17 together. Last one's 18. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. All right, what's your last one then? My last one's episode four. Wow, man, an early episode. Hold on, let me think. The Fate of the Burning Treasure. Wait, which one was that? That's the, the one where they- treasure. Buried Treasure. Treasure, but, oh, my, I must have, Buried Treasure. Sorry, my handwriting's yes. awful, but um, yeah, the one where they were on, in the basement and they were trying to like figure out Odette's. It's right before. Oh. The one where we figure out uh, the lady in the basement, her husband made her go like mad. Yeah. And like, okay, got you. Can I put just the ending of episode five? Like where she's like 
the wind blows in her hair and she looks around and all the ghosts have been released on the town. Can that be? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, we had my three best men and it was just, you know, I just, it was like one of those episodes that I like reminded me why I loved Nancy Drew. I don't know. I just really loved it. No, yeah, it, it was, it was a good one too. Um, so my, my last one then that I was able to pin back on, um, of course, was the Beacon of Moonstone Island, episode 13. <laughs> um, because again, I am jealousy trope trash. And uh, this episode delivered on that. Um, it's also, but remember the story was the little girl who was abandoned mm-hmm. on the island or whatever, her parents' boat sank or, yeah. So, I mean, it, it had a solid like story but also the Nancy Ace Amanda Gill content was like I could have cried. It was so god tier. Um, so I'll add that one back to my honorable mentions. How great is that? We each picked four episodes, and neither of us picked a single similar episode. Same I think episode. it goes back to the fact that this episode had a lot of standouts. Like I like I loved episode 10 like you mentioned and that was good i think other ones that i was looking at that i was thinking of adding were like um uh the celestial visitor just because we got introduced for tom swift yes, and that's like tom a classic swift, that was gonna be on my list too and i was like i just don't have time i don't have the room or whatever yeah uh, um, you know what was not gonna be on our list though do you know which one was oh my god episode six yes the riddle of the broken doll that was Wait. last on every list it's last on season one's list too. Yeah. Um, last. <laughs> I do. And I do like the legend of the murder hotel. Um, so like, but so there's like some great stuff in there, but, um, and like, epi- even the, the premiere episode was one that I was like thinking about because um, the, that scene between Ace and Nancy at the end got here. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's why I said, can I have certain scenes like as God here? <laughs> Anywho, so that um, as our season one and two look back, season three, this is pretty easy for me too. Like my my top episode was The Voices in the Frost. Of duh. It's the only three episode I straight and out then, of the gate gave yeah, a five. And then, and then the honorable mention was The Burning of the Sorrows. <laughs> so like, Great episode. I, um, I thought about that, but I but I had a feeling that you were going to talk about that one. So I picked two other episodes um, that I really, really loved that I think deserved a shout out, which was episode six, The Myth of the Ensnared Hunter, and episode uh-huh. one, the, the, the pilot. Both I of think. those were on my potential list. Um, so like the this probably the strongest of the of the three openers of the season, season this season was episode one. It was amazing. Um, we had so much information thrown at us, but it was still really well play, uh, paced. It was really well balanced. There was so much nice content that we had. We were drowning uh, in content. We, we were, were so drowning. Spoiled. So um, spoiled. So spoiled. Um, and so I absolutely loved it. This is a was a great season opener. And then, of course, um, you know, what to say about episode six, The Myth of the Ensnared Hunter? I don't know. I just, it was like one of those that I immediately was like, oh, uh, that, that, I had to think about that one. Like, I want that one to be yeah, uh, on my list. Um, 
just, I think the Ryan content really. Yeah. I think the way you felt about like you had to put 16 and 17 together on your list is how I felt about eight and nine. Like it was like a one, two punch kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when we talked about episode eight, we were like, man, that was so great. I can't believe that wasn't the mid season finale. And then we watched nine and we're like, well, damn, (laughs) like, so eight and nine were a one, two punch for me. It was like two straight weeks of like, damn Gina, like it was, it was great, but anywho. All right. So that's our look back. We are ending it out on superlatives. All right. So this is the one that I'm looking forward to at one time caller, longtime listener. Uh, thanks for giving us this idea, um, where we have given each of the drew crew characters superlatives. <laughs> and um i'm really interested to see what uh what uh, uh teresa i had such a hard time uh, i was doing I these last about do the, doing them together and i was like no let's do them separate i let's had such a hard time do. because i was just like i did them last night and i don't know if it's just like i wasn't in the mood for st- to do something really funky and creative but i was just like these sound all terrible to me but okay <laughs> So let's, I said let's George's. I actually really like George's superlative. <laughs> okay. So let's start at the bottom of the list. So okay. Hannah, we decided to include Hannah because Hannah writes. Um, Hannah, what was your superlative for Hannah? I said most likely to investigate an object of unknown origins and die in the name of knowledge, or at the very least be presumed dead because she goes missing. Um, so it is hilarious that mine is similar to yours. <laughs> Mine says, most likely to die trying to save archive materials from perishing in a magical ambush. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. It's so good. Okay. All right. So, Ryan, I'll go first this time. All right. Mine is most likely to get run over in traffic trying to tell Nancy hi over someone else's phone conversation. I said mine was most likely to fall down a hole and magically find the answer you need. <laughs> okay, that also checks. I love how we both have him like getting hurt though. <laughs> All right, Carson. I said most likely to adopt and lecture the children of Horseshoe Bay while bailing them out of trouble. Okay, that's a nice one. Mine says most likely to use highly suspect methods of stalking in the name of protecting those he loves. Questionable parenting. Kind of the same thing. Kind of the same thing. They go together. He's the dad of dads. All right, Ace. I said most likely to become an FBI analyst for the sole purpose of assisting Nancy and off the bookcases. (laughs) Which is most likely to hack the government because Nancy asked, and then avoid asking Nancy for help when he gets caught. Nancy helps anyway. What's great about it is not only did we both say he would hack the government, but we both said it would be for Nancy. It's the only reason. Oh, God. Okay. What'd you put for Nick? Okay, I said, most likely to know exactly what you need in order to survive a dangerous situation. I said, most likely to possess some random skill that the Drucker happens to need in an episode. Y'all it's are just so, so talented. 
was. I swear to you, we did these in secret. <laughs> like separately, she had dinners first, and I did my last night. And hers were all black. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Okay. I'm yes. pee my pants. <laughs> I said most likely to steal from the Louvre, but then return it the next day because she felt guilty. <laughs> Okay, mine's similar but different. I said, most likely to steal a magical artifact that unleashes the end of the world and then save it, apologizing the whole time. Yeah. Very similar. All right, what'd you say for George? This is my favorite. I said, most likely to fight a supernatural being with a crowbar and win. Most likely to get a new crowbar for Christmas. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nancy George and her crowbar. Or, no, probably not. not my favorite, but I like Nancy's. I said, most likely to get arrested, but then find a way to escape and still make it home in time for dinner in the chore wheel spin. <laughs> <laughs> I said, most likely to accidentally make a nemesis and narrowly escape death all of the time. <laughs> I mean, similar. Again, similar. All right, that was fun. So if you have <laughs> any cute superlatives for the Drew crew, Make sure you are away because whew, I'm like my 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 cheeks now hurt from like uh, no I think I no I like my George one the best yeah. she's gonna fight I, a ghost with a crowbar and she's gonna win watch <laughs> my favorite might be Ryan's the getting run over while trying to tell Nancy hi through someone else's phone conversation yeah. not gonna lie to you Ryan's was the first one I came up with. Um, I, I said, think the first one I came up with was Nick. Possessed random skill that the Drew Crew happens to need. I think the last one I came up with was Nancy's. Agreed. I think that was the last one I came up with. All right. Um, before we sign off, uh, the Tom Swift question. Should or are we going to cover Tom Swift? Um, I think at this point, there's a lot of unknown variables. Like, if it films at the same time as Nancy, probably not, just because Teresa and I both have full-time jobs. And so that would be a lot to try and cover two shows in the same week. Um, if Tom ends up being, like, the off-season of Nancy, so, like, Nancy is, like, a fall, like, winter show and Tom Swift is a spring-summer show, I think we would consider it. Um, but right now we don't really know mm -hmm. um, i am looking forward to tom swift though and i do plan to watch it even if we don't end up covering it so yeah i'll i'll watch it too if we don't end up covering it i don't know if i'll end up watching live it depends i'm assuming it's going to be on fridays it's going to take over nancy right yeah. um so. yeah i i think it would be a missed opportunity if they didn't do them as alternating like yeah, because I mean, yeah. yeah, they'll have, we'll keep us around all year long. <laughs> yeah, they'll have that same fan base or whatever. Um, but yeah, so we're still planning to watch it either way. You guys should too support Tian and the cast. Um, it's going to be really great. Um, I think it's also Noga's show. Um, I think maybe don't, don't quote me on that. Um, but I think the same showrunners are planning to um, help over at Tom Swift. Which so, kind of also helps the happy one be a fall and the other be a yes, spring show exactly but yeah so support the other cast but that is all we have for you on our lovely episode of hashtag hi uh, hiatus hijinks 
Um, please make sure that you're following us on social media if you enjoy a good laugh and the occasional weekly coverage of the show Nancy Drew. We are on Twitter at Making a Drood. We're also on Instagram. You can find me personally at SlowBurnMac, M-A-C, on Twitter. You can find Teresa also. Yes, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at T-E-R-E underscore D-V 95. Yeah, and we, we love to hear from you. Um, we love interacting with people. Um, we're not necessarily on there every day, but we will get back to you. Um, and we will be back next week for the new episode of Nancy Drew, Season 3, Episode 10, The Confession of a Long Night. So make sure that you join us. We are almost there, Drew Crew. We have almost made it through the mini hiatus. I don't know what we're going to do over big hiatus. Um, I don't know how y'all did it. I didn't have a hiatus since I like binge watched one and two straight into season three. Yeah. But Welcome to the party, friend. God, I hate it. It's going to be awful. <laughs> but anyways, until next time, we'll catch you later, Drews.